Let's continue here on Box to Row. We're joined by a gentleman in his 12th season as the head men's basketball coach at North Carolina Central. The Eagles 1-2 and two on the young season. Going to play UNC uh, on Saturday. Lavelle Moten joins us here on Box to Row. Coach Moten, welcome back to the program. What's up, Don? How you doing, man? Appreciate you having me. Absolutely. It's always great to have you. And, I, you know, the thing about it, like sometime when – you know, our schools more specifically, and this is a, a great situation because you have North Carolina Central in Durham and, and UNC is in Chapel Hill. Sometimes you have these games there, you know, a couple of years out or, or whatever. But this is a game that came together. And I, I realize we're in the midst of the pandemic, but it came together rather quickly. Can you speak to that and, and being able to play UNC uh, on Saturday when sometimes these games are scheduled years in advance? Yeah, it's, it's it's crazy, man. Um, you know, with with COVID, adaptability is going to be tested every single day. Um, whatever you once did in normal, you got to throw that out the way. You got to you got to find. Um, it, it, it's almost like you you got to find no, normalcy and abnormalcy, right? If, if that makes any sense, you got to you just got to figure it out as you go. And a lot of these things are impromptu. I was fortunate to, you know, obviously me and Coach Williams, Roy, are really good friends, so we often text and talk anyway. And once he returned from the hour trip, his hour trip, he said, man, uh, we just had a game that was canceled. Um, do you want to play? I was like, yeah. So <laughs> I said, send the contract. And I said, are y'all tested? Y'all okay? And he said, yeah. Y'all tested? Y'all okay? I said, yeah. I said, send the contract. And it was literally a five-minute conversation. And then once we signed on the dotted line, I think this this was done on Tuesday, maybe Wednesday. Um, you know, we said, we'll play on, on, on Saturday. <laughs> and that's literally how it was done. It felt, it, it just felt like you going to the gym as a kid <laughs> and, bringing five of your dudes and saying, hey, man, we got next. Y'all feel like playing? Do you know we got our five. You trying to play? And that's that's literally how this season has felt. Um, it's, it's, it's weird, man. It's just weird. I'm, I'm kind of at a loss of words in terms of the formalities of everything and these opportunities when they present themselves because as we knew college basketball and the scheduling and the order of operations, that is now – changing due to COVID. So you have to make decisions in impromptu um, and at the drop of a dime. And here we are. Yeah, which is which is good for you all because, I mean, you have this game. You don't have another game scheduled. Uh, MEAC play until, until January coming off uh, the loss to Coastal yeah. Uh, on Monday, so this is this is good. Gives you a little bit of basketball, and uh, you know, a, a good opponent. Um, you know, I'm, I'm gonna tell you, I'm not trying to start anything, but it's interesting because uh, last month you you uh, it was on Facebook, I think you mentioned on November 20th of 2013, seven years ago, is a victory against NC State, right? right. In overtime, right. Uh, any possibility we could see that on Saturday? <laughs> well, we that's what we're looking for. You know, I know Coach, and Coach knows me, and. We're the ultimate. We're good friends, but we're ultimate competitors, right? We're both ultimate competitors. That's just just who we are. And, you know, I I, I hope we've established um, our program um, as a program that's going to be spoken about where we're going to compete, right? We're going to compete. We're going to accept your best, and we'll play anybody, anytime, and potentially anywhere. And that's just the nature of who we are, and that's the foundation of how our program was built. So, uh it doesn't matter if it's Carolina, Carolina's Tech, 
um, Carolina East, Carolina West, like it doesn't matter. We try to prepare ourselves, you know, to win. We work hard and we practice every single day and we lift weights and, and, and we get after it to prepare ourselves to win. So who, whatever, whoever and whatever opponent that we're preparing, we expect ourselves to win as well. And I'm, I'm sure uh, Coach Williams have done a magnificent job. And it's going to be a difficult game, you know, for us, obviously, because they're coming off a loss. And I know how he prepares his team once they come off a loss. You know, they're going to be energetic. They're going to be excited. They're returning home within their comfort zone. We're going on the road. And to be honest with you, we're yet to practice as a team, right? That's the craziest thing. So we're just out here competing because we've been affected by the COVID for 28 days. And then I had a couple of guys that was out and I had a couple of injuries and I had some guys, you know, I don't know if people know this, but once you experience the COVID symptoms, then players now not only have to quarantine, but they have to have an EKG. So that takes another 10 days to come back. So they might be out for 14 for the quarantine, but once you add the 10 days to it, that's like 24 days. So we haven't even practiced as a team yet. So I'm just interested in getting some, some some run, getting our guys some reps, and, you know, what better team to do it against besides, you know, North Carolina. Yep. Lavelle Moten again in his 12th season as the head men's basketball coach at North Carolina Central joins us here on Botch to Row. Your thoughts on the season to this point, uh, Coach Moten, where the Eagles are 1-2? and two. Man, it's been, it's been, you know, difficult to say the least, uh, difficult in the sense of just mentally. You know, not only for me, but, you know, our guys. You know, the, at the end of the day, we're asking these young men to do something that everyone is not willing to do themselves. And they're asking these young men to do it. When I say they, like the general public and, you know, the average fan, um, so they can go out and entertain them. That's the reality of it. So people can sit at home and change their remote and watch basketball games and they can feel normal. But our guys, you know, I found out like during quarantine, quarantine is really really difficult because it's not just you're by yourself it's like you're by yourself but you can't be around anyone else you can't have any kind of contact whatsoever with anyone else and you can't go outside so sitting in a room by yourself for 14 days for a young man um and not being able to go outside and see sunlight that's really really difficult right that's really really difficult and they haven't experienced that and for, to do that for 14 days and then have to come back and do it for another 14 it weighs heavily and our guys were starting to go stir crazy and i just told them like as someone who seeks mental health therapy and understands the importance of mental health therapy i asked them look where are your minds at if y'all want to play this game we'll play if not we won't you know what i'm saying but um it's, it's kind of mixed emotions because sometimes basketball has served as a sanctuary for all of us. It's our, It's been our place of escape, you know, so we can escape the realistic problems um, that we endure on a day-to-day basis. And so for those two hours, we get a chance to get away and, you know, reconcile our thoughts. Well, you know, now you're worried about your family and your loved ones, and we had, uh, you know, a couple of cases of COVID, so you're kind of worried and, and fear that. And now you got to track it, and you don't know if you – um, bought it home to your wife or your family, and you don't know who you were around, and they're trying to track it, and it's it's crazy on one end, right? But on the other end of it, it's probably one of the most safest environments that's created in America right now because I don't know anyone else that's testing every day or even every two days and have an opportunity to see their results. I told I use this analogy. If someone, if you went to Starbucks tomorrow, um, it will be 30 people in there, and according to the statistics, somebody has COVID. 
right? right? But you'll never know that, right? Because they're not testing, they're not quarantining. So you've just interacted or you've been in the vicinity of people who have COVID and you don't even know it. The the beauty about college athletics right now and basketball programs and what we're doing is that we're testing every day, if not every two days, if not every two, every three, and we're getting those results back and immediately we're aware so it's a little easier to track. So it's I understand both sides of the coin, and it's unknown for everyone right now. You know what I'm saying? And we're just trying to get through the best way we can. And it's it's not about – it's always about winning basketball games for us because that's our job or whatever. But this year I think basketball has been placed into its proper perspective. Yeah. Uh, of course, Lavelle Moten is the head men's basketball coach at North Carolina Central, joins us here on the program. I mean, we can talk about – C.J. Kaiser and what he's doing, 22.3 points uh, per game. But you, so you have a great story, and anybody that's listened to this program uh, knows at least to some degree about the story. But we've got a whole new listener base. So let, let's – I want to talk because I – you know, I had a, I read the Raleigh News and Observer. We're here in Raleigh. You're there in Durham, and uh, Raleigh has this project called Downtown South where they're trying to redevelop it and – there's going to be supposed to be housing and and in a stadium, all those kind of good things. And you have some involvement with that. And it's not every day you see a basketball coach that has <laughs> some involvement with something like this. Speak, can you kind of speak to that and your involvement and your thoughts on it? Yeah, gr- well, growing up, man, I, I you know, obviously to people who know, they know me. But to pe- I'm not going to assume everyone does. And people who don't know me, um, they know I'm from the. Lane Street Housing Projects in in Raleigh, and I lived um, over half my life in those projects, so I understand the difficulties, the challenges, and everything that people face. And I've always been a historian. I understand I was a teacher before I was a basketball coach in middle school, and then I um, gravitated to high school, and then I ended up in college. But one thing when I was young, you know, we always had issues, right? And I, I just, I connected it. I said, man, there's a direct line of between poverty and pain, right? It's a di- it's a direct correlation between poverty and pain. In any battle that presents itself, you'll just be fighting a different battle every month, but it's always going to be a battle, and it's always affecting those low-income communities. So I sat back and I kind of watched this gentrification thing happen, and it was happening across the country, particularly in um, my city in Raleigh, and I said, man, it's crazy because everyone comes in doing gentrification, and they profit except for the people that endured the pain and the challenges. And I said, that that don't, that don't make sense. So now all of a sudden these neighborhoods that no one considered to have any value, if any at all, now all of a sudden they're valued at half a million dollars. And this, there's million-dollar homes over. So my partners um, and I, we founded uh, a development company. I said, Raleigh Ray's Development. And I said, man, I want to be a part of – you know, the community where we're going to develop um, and redevelop these communities. And if we're going to do it, let it be us. And then if anyone is going to profit, let it be us and our people. And now we can put this money back into the community and that community that community can circulate. And now we can build economic growth for not only ourselves and others. And we established that in July. And then this this enormous project came with John Kane, um and everyone pretty much knows him. He's one of the 
top, if not the top developer in the state of North Carolina, particularly the Raleigh area, and they're talking about this $2.2 billion soccer stadium and everything that's going to be associated with that, and they approached us. And they say, would you guys like to join because we we want you to be the minority participation? And I just basically told them, sure, but it has to be under this regard. It has to be some community benefits for the people that look like me and the people within these communities. And that got to go through workforce development programs. That has to be jobs that's insured, not for one or two years, but in perpetuity, right? And there has to be benefit packages, and there has to be a foundation where we are amplifying what we're already doing within the community so we can allow our people to grow economically, um, create generational wealth for themselves, grow uh, educationally, and just move this thing along because no one is ever. Go- I just feel like this. I hate to be so blunt, but black people is always going to have problems until we have the opportunity to own stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And so I see it from a different perspective. But I know through ownership, you have the ability to change things, and through ownership, you don't have to depend on others to do anything for you. And I think that's our primary problem. And again, the historian to me, in 1963, Martin Luther King marched on Washington. And the premise of that march was jobs, justice, and ownership. Well, here we are in 2020, and we could march on Washington, and the same premise would be jobs, justice, and ownership. So if we're going to change anything that systemically placed us in these positions, I think it has to be a plan that will systemically get us out. And the only way I know how, and I'm not pretending to be the smartest guy or to know it all, but the only way I know how is through economic growth, through education, and through ownership. And so that's kind of the summary of what Raleigh Raised is about. And, um, you know, I look forward to working with this project in our community to enhance the quality of life of others. Very well said. Not just a basketball coach, but a carer of his community. He is Lavelle Moten. He is also the head men's basketball coach at North Carolina Central (laughs) as he joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. The Eagles are going to be at UNC uh, on Saturday, man, we gotta we gotta really catch up and really sit down and 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 really talk about this. I'm out of time, man, but I appreciate your candor in the conversation. Continued success to you and the Eagles. You're the best, man. I appreciate you having me on anytime, Don. Thank you so much, bro.